Today on Abounding Grace. Without the people giving, there wouldn't be a tabernacle. Now, could God do it without the people? The answer is yes. But he chose to do it with the people and through the people. This is amazing grace. Hello again and welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Imagine being a part of a church where the people were so generous and giving so much that the pastor had to say, stop giving. Hard to picture that, huh? Well, that is the sort of thing that's going on in the passage before us today in Hebrews chapter 9 and Exodus chapter 25. Let's allow this to encourage us to give cheerfully, willingly, and as God purposes in our hearts. The Spirit of God so moved on the people and the children of Israel that Moses told them, stop, you've fulfilled everything that we've needed. We have all that we need in order to build the tabernacle. Now, Paul touches on this, Paul the Apostle, in the New Testament. So would you turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9? Now, we've done much deeper studies on giving as a church, and so you can look at those through 2 Corinthians um, that in, in that section there. Now, some of you I also realized last night, you're like, this is your first, you, you visited our church in Easter, and now you, this is your very first service with us, and you're like, I knew it, honey. All they would do is ask for money. And, and that's just, there, they, there we are again. And, and so I, I won't ask for anything from you that the Lord doesn't ask. Uh, and, you know, we won't manipulate you here. We won't twist your arm here. And if you've been around Calvary long enough, you know, you know, there's actually a, a pendulum that swings when it comes to this topic. And, you know, from a pastor and teaching where one side of the pendulum swings over here, where it's just crazy, taking advantage of people, making stuff up, trying to, to, to squeeze people and manipulate you and everything. So that's one side. Uh, we've never, we've never, I can say that with clean conscience, we've never swung to that side at all. But the other side is you don't talk about it at all. <laughs> you just like, well, you know, if the Lord's going to, uh, if people are going to give, then the Lord's going to teach them. Yeah, he's going to teach them through the word. And so probably, I probably swing too far to that side. And over the years, the Lord has led me to say, just tell him what the Bible says, Ed. Just let the Bible say what it says. And this is what it says. And if people have made a mistake in the past, and they, you know, and I, I just have to say, some of you have been taken advantage of by another ministry. And, and just know this, you gave unto the Lord, and God will bless you for that. Even if somebody took advantage and somebody did something dumb, your heart, now, you could have, given with greed. You know, you could have given like, well, if a hundredfold return, I could really use that right now. God will sort that out. And if that was your motive, you learned your lesson. It's like, you don't give for greedy reasons. You give because you're so in love with God. You're just so joyful of what he's done in your life. You're just so grateful that you're not walking around like you were born anymore. That would be weird. Like God has put clothes on your back and a roof over your head, food in your stomach. And, and even if you're in a struggling time right now, and even if you're wrestling, which I know some of you are, when you begin to compare who, where you are compared to 99% of the world, 
God has blessed you to even be in this environment, that you're struggling in this environment and not in another environment where some are really, some people when they open the Bible in some countries really do cling to the words of Jesus to when they pray asking for their daily bread. You know, we don't so much pray for our daily bread anymore. I mean, there are an occasions when we get desperate and we ask God for something in the moment, but God has been so abundantly gracious to us that we're praying for bigger and better things. And God sorts those prayers out too. But notice in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, there's this spiritual principle that Paul speaks of when it comes to giving. When it comes to giving, verse 6, Paul says, But I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, because God loves a cheerful giver. It's just, I, I, he just loves this sense of, of being happy to be a part of what God's doing. And notice, even as you give, you're like, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, always having all sufficiency in all things, that you may have an abundance for every good work. Why should I give? Well, God does a work through giving. Now, there is some confusion today because, you know, you listen about the tithe. Now, the tithe just is a reference to a number. It's 10%. So we kind of use that number. But, you know, the tithe wasn't an old covenant thing because you go, like, well, you know, I'm not a part of the old covenant, which would be right. You're not. You're part of the new covenant. But, you know, the tithe predates the covenant. And we learned that with Abraham. We've studied that with Abraham. Remember, Abraham gave tithes long before the law came. So, so that's not even, some people like to, you know, oh, I've got theological reason why I don't give. Yeah, but you got it wrong. The tithe isn't an old covenant thing. And actually, it's just the beginning. If you do a careful study of the children of Israel, through all of their giving to God throughout the whole year, it was far more than 10%. They gave all sorts of things unto the Lord. And this was a free will offering. This giving was above and beyond anything they would normally do. It was far more than what their regular giving would be. But for the believer in the new covenant, the standard is even greater. And that is, give how God purposes in your heart which is another thing that people go, you know, I don't give because God hasn't purposed in my heart. Then you're not connected to God. You go, Ed, that was pretty mean. I'm not being mean. It's just the way it is. What do you mean God didn't purpose in your heart? Where were you? Where, what do you mean? When's the last time you prayed? You say, oh, Lord, tell me what I should give. And then you finish. I prayed, Ed. God didn't say anything. Well, what are you talking about? Well, this is what, this is what you have to face in 2 Corinthians. If you give bountifully, you'll be blessed bountifully. Now, again, this isn't this, this, isn't this sense of, of I'm giving to get something from God. God's just telling you the truth. If you're a generous person, you'll be met with generosity. But if you're a selfish person, you'll be met with selfishness. That's just the way it is. We have a new phrase here that we've adapted in, into our ministry here. I love it. It's just kind of a phrase that, it, that really covers this. And that is generosity increases or multiplies capacity. And all that really means is through the generosity of his, of his church, there are more opportunities available. And, I, you know, they've done studies. I haven't seen one re recently. I haven't been looking for them. But people that live in this world, in this space, they do a lot of studies, a lot of research. And people study churches. And they, they've come up every year that if, if the church, if, if people, believers, that call it, people that say they're believers and follow God and attend church would, would just tithe the bare minimum of what they make, just the 10%, that's all you did. Every bill, every mortgage, every debt of every church in the entire United States would be paid off. And with the excess of that money, 
there, there would be more food programs, more benevolence programs, more homeless outreach. Like, like the resources that God has entrusted to his church are far beyond what we can even conceive. And in your own life, because I know when we talk about giving and immediately you begin to, you, you begin to, to assess your own life and it might be a tough time and a difficult time. And, and when you hear a, a Bible study on giving, you're, you're, you'll hear something like this. You know, Ed, and maybe you're thinking it, but you're not saying it out loud. You go, Ed, I, Pastor, I, I, don't, I can't afford to give right now. I can't afford to give. You know, I've got this big bill that came in and I have this credit card and I've got a car payment and they raised the rent. But I know in my life, I've learned with my family that I can't afford not to give. I've just learned that God has taught us and I taught the kids at a young age to give freely and willingly. Even though we were training our kids, they weren't all that willing, let me tell you. They just weren't all that willing. But I, we taught them that from the increase of what they get, 10% off the, off the top, don't even think about going to Toys R Us before you give to the Lord. Don't even think about it. Don't even ask. Don't, don't even take the catalog out. Don't even dream. If you have a dream about toys, before you give, get rid of that dream. That's what I told No, I didn't do that with the kids. But we taught our kids. We got that little bank that had three different sections, and we taught them from an early age. You give. Even, and we went all, I went, I went all the way as a dad. If they got birthday gifts, like a gift card, they needed to give even off those gift cards. You know, they cop an attitude. What do you want me to do, dad? Cut it. You know, we cut 10% off the card bro, you keep that up, I'm going to make you get 50%. You know, it's like, no, no, we converted into money and we had them give. And then they bring that section of their, uh, and when they were kids, they just throw it in the offering. In the church I came from, there was an offering plate and they had something in the children's ministry too. So they would just dump it in. But when they got older, they'd put it into envelopes, they'd get a statement for it, and they would begin to see the faithfulness in giving. That, that's what we adopted. It, it, as a family, you know, early on, I wrestled with this concept of giving because I walked into a church like this, much bigger than this, and I sat where you sat, and I looked around, and I'm like, they got it pretty well taken care of. They don't need my money. I need my money more than they need my money because I didn't know God. I didn't hear from God on the topic. I just walked in with my own assessment, and then when I started to learn about what God was teaching, Marie and I made a concerted effort to give of the first fruits. So, you know, back then, I made four or 500 bucks a week. We gave 40, 50 bucks right off the top, just straight up, you know, because the, the other question when it comes to giving, I'm packing a lot of stuff into a small message, but I always think, you know, man, well, Ed, should I give off the gross or should I give off the net? Well, even the government knows that you owe them off the gross. They take it out before you even get a chance to look at it. You don't even get to see it. But truly, in relationship to God, what, what do you think God's word is on the matter? I won't give you the answer. You, you seek God on the matter. What, what, what is it that you think is the increase in your life? What is it that you want to so bountifully in what God's doing? And I'm not just talking to the church. I mean, you have a responsibility to your local church, but there are a lot of needs. I think generosity should mark the believer, just like love should mark the believer. There should be a difference in us. I was thinking this, just processing it, that the world, the world system should not outgive the believer. It just, we shouldn't be outgiven by the world. We shouldn't be less generous uh, than the world. And I know they've got a lot of different things they give to, but you know, the, the reality of the ministry of the local church, I believe the local church is God's will in reaching the world. He demonstrated that in the book of Acts. He planted a church in Jerusalem. 
And it was from Jerusalem that the work of the ministry went out and to each of the cities. It's the local church. And you can't afford not to give. I don't remember as we were learning to give too that, that we came to that conclusion. It was a very difficult conclusion, but we came to that conclusion that we wanted, we really believed and was convicted uh, Marie to stay home and raise our children because we didn't grow up like that. I don't know about you, but I didn't grow up with my parents at home. They worked all the time. And they, we were what, they invented a phrase to describe kids like me. I was a latchkey kid. And I basically left in the morning before I saw my parents and I came home to an empty house, which provided ample opportunity for me to get into a lot of trouble. And I did. My sister as well. And, and my wife, she was raised in a single mom home. And, and her mom worked multiple jobs, long days and long hours. And so she too was, came home to a home with her siblings. Uh, she didn't have a mom at home and didn't have a dad. And when we started assessing our lives and we got saved, we didn't think of this before we got saved. Before we got saved, make as much money as you can. That's how we lived. And it's not like we were rich or anything, but man, we went after as much of the buck as we could get. And both of us working was far more beneficial than one of us working, but then we got saved and we began to have, like the Bible says in the last days, God will turn your hearts of the fathers toward their kids. And I remember what a sacrifice it was because at the time, and it would have been if I continued on in that profession, that Marie made more money than we did, than I did. She had all the medical insurance and, and it was such a, I went to a men's retreat and this pastor with a deep voice was pounding the pulpit and he made a strong case for staying home. And I went, I remember, Marie probably remembers it as well. She was here last night. She smiled at me, but I'm sure she was thinking other things. And I came home <laughs> and I said, this is what we're going to do. Well, that doesn't fly with Marie. And especially back then where we were a lot rawer in our walk. And, and it took some time. It took some time for the Lord to convince us both to step out in faith for that step. Now, you know, we made that decision, but then our income was cut. So now we're living on one income, which wasn't very much. And there wasn't any, like it was just, it was, God was teaching us that he will take care of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. He was teaching us that whatever faith step you need to take, maybe a faith step is for you to go to work. You know, you're going to have to seek the Lord on that and make your choice unto the Lord I just know in my testimony, stay, having her stay home was the best thing for our kids. It was the best thing, and I'm glad that we did it. And, and it was the, from that, we were able then to train our kids on how to depend on the Lord with whatever they had. And now as I see them grow up, I see my oldest when he got married, he had that pattern. Uh, and my kids now, that seeing them have that pattern in their life. Why? Because that's God's desire. Not only that, I want you to notice, and that's all we're going to be looking at is giving today, but I want you to notice that not only were they to come willingly, not only were they to come faithfully, but they were also to bring their best. Their best. What did he ask for? Gold, silver, and bronze. He didn't say, anybody that has a willing heart, find whatever there is in your house and bring it to God. No, get your gold. And then for, I think the earrings and everything is everybody says, I don't know where there's any gold. Where's there any gold? And it's hanging from your ears. You know, give us the earrings. Give us what you value. Give us, and I'm, I'm saying to, to God, like, man, this is going to be a great thing. The tabernacle is so important. It's more valuable than the gold and the silver and all the things. Like bring in the onyx stones and the stones that are going to be set. Like bring in the stones that are going to be on the priest's chest as he prays for the tribes of the children of Israel. Like this is no small thing. Which, in the context of our little church here, I'm just going to teach you what not to do, okay? I would say, 
don't be offended at me, but you probably will, so I'm not going to tell you, okay? But when we put a call out for something in the church, like we'll probably, we're putting something together. We need some more furniture for the youth thing, for the upstairs youth. And we say, hey, hey everybody, we're not saying that now, but hey, everybody, we need a couch and six chairs or whatever for the youth. Don't turn to your wife or husband and go, babe, it's time to buy us a new couch. Because the church can use the flea-infested, dirty, 50-year-old couch we've been that was handed down to us by six other people. And here's, here's the word. We don't want your old ratty couch. Don't bring it. Don't bring it. Bring God your best. Bring God your best. Don't bring God your seconds. I mean, some of the things, some of the things goodwill doesn't even want. Why would you think your church wants it? Bring your best. Or don't give it all. If you don't have a willing heart, don't do it. And I really mean that. If you want to be in tune with God in this church, then give with a willing heart. If you don't have a willing heart, keep it. Keep it. The Lord will provide. God, if he's leading, and this is what we've learned over the years, where God is guiding, he will provide. So don't you know, go up to the, oh man, I know I'm all busted now. I got to give and here, you know, write the check. And you're just so mad writing the check. I hate this. I don't want to give this. I could buy this thing for my, just keep it and go buy it. And let it, let the Lord deal with you. And we'll just use what we've been given for the glory of God. We'll use whatever we have, large or small. In a church like ours, in the life, you know, I have a lot of friends in a lot of churches, but I know ours the best. It's a very generous church. Extremely generous. You're a very generous people. You, you have risen to the occasion on all sorts of things, and you're involved in things that you don't even know about in terms of just keeping things not, we believe as a church not to let our right hand know what our left hand is doing, and so we don't make a big deal about most of the things that happen through the life of this church. We don't make a big deal of some, something that where we helped a pastor with his cancer surgery or we put a phone system in another church or we helped a, a pastor go get some time away after they committed adultery. And, you, you know, we don't publicize all that. We just do it. We just bless and encourage. Sometimes you get to be a part of it. You know, something like the radio might be, like, some, you know, the food bank. We might say we serve these many families. I mean, we want you to know, but, but the reality is, that God has been very gracious through the generosity of his church. Now, of course, you know, some of you have never given a dime, so you can't be, participate. You, you can't like, man, but the, the, but the fruit from your life, the fruit from your giving, I don't know how God's going to sort it all out, actually. I, I don't know how the rewards are going to work, but I think of, you know, just radio station, um, just the radio, not only the radio station, but the Bible teaching from this church that's all around the world. And people get, their lives get changed and just things like, I don't know how it's all going to sort out, but it's not going to be me. I'm not the only one in line where you go, oh, great job, Ed. You get all the credit. No, no, we are going to participate. This is our church. This is what God is doing. And that's why we like to be involved in other churches because we want to be a part of the fruit in their lives too. That's why when, when, a, when a guy's struggling with something, we want to be a part of it. If, if that's what the elders agree, we want to be a part of it so that the fruit for their church can spill over. And we're the church, capital C. We're the church. And God wants you just like here. So, so with that in mind, as we're looking at the tabernacle, you could say this, and I think it'd be safe to say, Without the people giving, there wouldn't be a tabernacle. Now, could God do it without the people? The answer is yes. 
but he chose to do it with the people and through the people. And by the way, where did the slaves from Egypt get all this wealth? Gold, silver, onyx stones, very precious threads and dyes. They were slaves. Where did they get it from? Well, you know. They plundered the Egyptians before they left. God gave it to them. That's why they came after them and chased after them, which opened up the sea, and there was a miraculous work of God. But God is the one that gave them everything that they gave. And they gave willingly. And they were excited. And they gave so much that Moses said, keep your nose rings, we don't need any more. Just keep them. And we'll build the tabernacle. And that's how the rest of the chapter is going to be. We're going through Hebrews one verse at a time with Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Before we part ways, just a few things we want to tell you about. If you'd like to hear today's message again, log on to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Again, we're on the web at AboundingGraceRadio.com. You can also download our free app and access our teachings that way. Search for Ed Taylor or Calvary Church. Pastor Ed, today you were talking about generosity and giving, and while we don't place a heavy emphasis on it here at Abounding Grace, we do recognize that listener support is one avenue of God's provision, for which we are very grateful. Any thoughts as we close? Yes, Larry. I want to ask those of you listening to pray for us and give financially. I want to ask that. Uh, You're right. We don't place a great emphasis on it. Um, but we do use every resource that comes in. We, we use it for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, we have a philosophy of ministry here where we only multiply ministry. Generosity increases capacity, which increases ministry. And it's the other side of the coin of where God guides, he provides, right? Because it's true. Where God guides, he provides. And if he provides more over the years, then we're going to increase more. Like, a, a great example of that is the production quality of our program. In the beginning of Abounding Grace, which, you know, is 20 years ago, uh, we had a very low-level production because we couldn't afford anything else. So we actually just delivered CDs to the radio station, and they put together a very primitive production quality. And, you know, no, n- nothing. They just took the CDs and, and got them ready to put on the air. Uh, and then over the years, little by little, God had increased. God had uh, given us new relationships, new partners, because really you're a partner in the ministry, and uh, and we are listener-supported. We're also church-supported. So sometimes you hear listener-supported, and you think, well, that's the only way we do this. That's not true. Listener-support doesn't cover everything. So the church here, Calvary Church in Aurora, subsidizes this broadcast for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the fruit, because we have a emphasis here on evangelism and outreach and mission ministry, missions, uh, both Jerusalem, you know, locally, United States, around the world. And so when you see your listener support for us, it's not exclusive to us. Uh, it's not exclusive listener support, but you're a big part of it. And I've seen over the years, uh, over and over again, little by little, those that, in, that financial support increases. And 
And everything that comes in, we invest right back into ministry. We invest it through Abounding Grace, new stations, different openings, different opportunities, different time frames, uh, different productions, different special editions. Uh, we send free, free, free stuff like you wouldn't believe. Um, and it's just great. I know some of you can and some of you can't, um, but we love you. Uh, our relationship isn't based on giving. Our relationship is based on love. And we love you. We love serving you. We are blessed to be a part of your lives for the last 20 years, and we're going to continue on until the Lord returns. So thanks for asking. It's so good. If you'd like to make a donation today, you can visit AboundingGraceRadio.com. See if this sounds familiar. You come across an atheist or non-believer that has some questions about Christianity or the Bible. It's about that time you scratch your head in confusion and don't know what to say. Well, allow Ron Rhodes to help in a book called Five-Minute Apologetics for Today. The book is short, giving you one-page answers to common questions and objections. Request a copy today when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. You might think of it as a way of saying thank you. You can do that by calling 877-30-GRACE. Again, our number, 877-30-GRACE. Don't miss our next study in Hebrews. It's going to be a good one. That's right here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.